Theatre Arts Podcast. This podcast features the work of our theater students, from radio plays to spoken word. I'm Lauren. And I'm Airly, and we are your hosts for today's podcast, which features our Drama 910 class who wrote and performed radio plays. You might notice a certain ominous theme to the plays. Keep in mind that they were written around Halloween. Our first play is called Spaghetti Western, a western set in an Italian tavern in the Wild West. in the local Italian pub. Hey Morgan, why don't you tell me a tale of yours and I'll buy you a drink. Well, I can't pass that up. What do you want to hear about? How about a story from when you weren't an old bag of bones? Well, you old bag of bones still knows how to shoot a gun, so you'd better watch your mouth, young fella. <clears throat> Anyways, a while ago, when I was just a boy like you, in this very bar, I asked an old man the same question. Not again. Morgan! Me? You. I challenge you to a duel. I thought you were dead. Hey Morgan, do you know this guy? Yeah, I beat his dad in a duel a while back and I guess he still holds a grudge. Well, are we gonna do this or both use Yeller? Jake, we're too old for this. Well, you sure as hell is, but I ain't gonna stop killing until the devil himself comes to get me. So we're gonna take this outside or am I gonna shoot you right here, right now? I've had it with your horse manure! Ah! No, my spaghetti! <laughs> hey, no one's allowed to hit the boss like that. You're dead! Yeah, you're gonna pay for this. Yeah, but I'm not. Can I have a refill? You can say that twice. You never told me how that your story ended. Well, young fella, it ended quite like this day, but less liquor wasted. Sorry for saving you, you old hag. Okay, I get it. Now back to the end. My good friend and I were sitting at a bar. Then his nemesis, Jake Sr., waltzed in, proposed a fight, and got his ass handed to him with no wasted liquor.
Our next play looks into certain ghost stories from a high school. This is Hall of a Thousand Screams. At high school, there are told to be five unexplained mysteries. Gossip from the students around the school has speculated the origin of the phenomenon, but they are nothing more than rumors. Most students who are dumb enough to try and investigate these rumors often go missing or never the same as they once were. Today we tackle the first mystery, the halls of a thousand screams. <laughs> oh come on, the fence isn't that high. It's not like you're gonna break your leg if you fall. That's not what I'm worried about. It's also really dark outside and illegal to be on school grounds this late. There are a lot of reasons we shouldn't go in. You're such a wuss. Hurry up. <sighs> Wait, how did you come in? <laughs> Like I told you, we're here to look into those stupid rumors about the left hallway on the second floor. It's said that you can hear screams of students who have gone missing, but you can only hear them at midnight. If it's stupid, then why bother looking into the silly rumors, especially if it means breaking the law? Hey, stop being such a buzzkill. As members of the newspaper committee, we have an obligation to submit a story by the end of the week. And you must admit, this investigation could easily make the first page. Okay, then let's at least be quick. The school is super creepy at night. Can't back out now, scaredy cat. I wasn't going to. I'm here, aren't I? And I'm not a scaredy cat. I beg to differ. Anyways, here we are, the second floor. Come on. This is stupid. What'd you say? Nothing. <coughs> Was that you? Wasn't me. This is a bad idea. From the horror genre, Creepy Dolls. This week on the 3 a.m. Horror Show, we bring you to a small town east of Salem where suspicious murders have been occurring against small children. Wasn't that a scary movie? Yeah, the dolls were really scary. Yeah. Girls, time for bed. Already? Five more minutes, please. No, no, girls. Okay. okay. Good night, sweet dreams. Good, Good night. night. Hey, we've talked about this. We have to lock all the doors and all the windows at night. It's dangerous. Sorry. Sorry. We, we know. know. creepy. 
turn on the lamp to see if there's anything there. Okay, good idea. Ah! Is that a doll? It's like the one from the movie. We're coming for you. Oh no, there's more. Where did you get that knife? Mommy says that we should never play with knives. Oh, you won't believe. Let's leave. They're too easy. No, they've seen too much. We have to. What are you going to do? Oh, you're just going to take a long nap. Oh my god, you killed her. Now it's your turn. No, you don't need to do that. Oh, yes, I do. Mom, mom, mom. What, what, what is it, sweetheart? Ah! What will happen next? Tune in next week to find I can't unhear that laugh. The next play is called Teen Romance. Let's hope that it isn't as creepy as the last one. There's nothing you can do now. 13 hours earlier, 7.30 a.m. Bye, honey. I love you. Bye, Mom. Too cool to say I love you in front of your girlfriend now? No, Mom. I'll see you later. Bye, Miss Miller. As they were talking and heading off to school, they were interrupted by Kennedy, Isla's best friend. Hey, so I was wondering if you wanted to go. Isla, get in the car. We need to talk about my party. But Grayson is here, and it's our anniversary. Stop being so selfish. My birthday's tomorrow, and we have party planning to do. Just go. We can talk later. I'm so sorry, Grayson. I'll be free at lunch if no, you- No, actually, you won't. We're studying and getting lunch at the diner. Sorry. As you can probably tell, Kennedy is not the biggest fan of Grayson. 8.30 a.m. At school, Kennedy tries to persuade Isla into ditching Grayson to pursue other plans with her. So Isla, you know my birthday's coming up, and I thought we could go out to my lake house and watch the sunset and go swimming and have a scary movie marathon together. Yeah, that would be great, but I have plans with Grayson for our anniversary. And I know it's for your birthday, but it's our first one. Maybe he can just come to the lake with us. No way. It's supposed to be a girl's night, and he would ruin it. Focus on us for a while. Well, just think about it. I'm going to class. I'll meet at the diner for lunch. 12.30 p.m. Later at the diner. Hey, Isla. I want you to know you were right, and I was the one being selfish. Don't stress about it. I know it was a mistake, and you didn't mean it. And I've been thinking since this morning, and maybe Grayson should come to the lake with us. That would be great. Thanks, Kennedy. Can I take your order? Little did Isla know, Kennedy had other plans for Grayson. 3.30 p.m. Hey. Hey, what's up? Is it okay if I pick you up at 8.45? I've planned a little surprise for the two of us. Yeah, that's fine. But what about Grayson? Don't talk to me about him. I have no doubt in my mind that he'll be there. That was weird. I'll try to call Grayson. You have reached the voicemail of... Grayson. Leave a message at the tone. 8.45 p.m. Hey, Kennedy, want to come in? We should get going if we want to have time for my big surprise. Kennedy, it's your birthday. I should be throwing you the surprise. Don't be silly. This will all be worth it. Get in.
If you say so. 9.24 p.m. Video killed the radio star. <laughs> um, Kennedy, did you hear that? Hear what? It sounded like a scream from behind us. It was probably nothing. Maybe we should go check it out. Shut up, Isla. You sound like a character in a horror movie who would get killed first. Is that really what you want? You're right. Continue on. Video killed the radio star. 10.06 p.m. Later at Kennedy's lake house, moments before something sinister happens. It's kind of weird Grayson isn't here at the lake house yet. Maybe we should call him again. God, Isla, can you stop worrying about him for a damn minute and focus on who's really important? He's probably still driving. Well, I'm just worried about him. No, you need to learn how it feels to have the person you love ripped away from you. You need to learn how I've felt the past year. Kennedy, what is that in your hands? You're starting to scare me. Isla, you've been acting so stupid and naive the past year. You can't tell me you don't see him ripping you away from me. He's crazy. He's stealing you from me and you're letting him. Where's Grayson? We can all move past the center. No, you aren't listening to me. You never listen anymore. All you do is talk, talk, talk. Kennedy. Shut up! Kennedy, why do you have a gun on you? Well, let's go outside to see our big surprise, shall we? Kennedy, please, just put the down the gun. Walk outside. I don't want to have to use this on you, Isla. I really don't. Just tell me where he is, and why you have a gun. Please, Kennedy. You don't have to get hurt. Just listen to me. I've loved you for as long as I can remember. Yeah, I love you too. We've been best friends for a long time. Again, you aren't listening to me. I'm in love with you. And Grayson's got to go one way or another. <laughs> that's screaming again. It's coming from your car? Please tell me that's not who I think it is. Well, you can go check if you like. Grayson? Oh my god, Kennedy's tied you up. I'm so sorry this is happening. I'll get you out, I promise. I had to make you understand, and now you will. You don't have to hurt either of us. Just let him out, and we can go home, and this will all be over. You still aren't understanding me, Isla. I'm going to kill Grayson, and there's nothing you can do now. Tune in next week to see what happens. There is nothing quite like unrequited love. True. Our next play takes us to the post-apocalyptic world of Radio Wasteland. Good morning, Ohio Columbus. It's a fine sunny morning. Okay, haven't you heard of nuclear warfare? If you haven't, you're probably doomed. Just kidding. I'll fill you in with everything you need to know. Japan, France, United States, Belgium and Germany are in a feud with each other, demanding to have war. Japan has developed nuclear weapons, but the League of Nations banned them from launching them on other countries. Don't worry about the bombs. USA thought ahead of time about building bunkers. You may be asking, why do we need bunkers? Well, if Japan drops a couple bombs on us, the entire population will be killed, and the area around it will be terraformed and filled with radiation. But that'll never happen. Back to the bunkers. Each bunker has vegetation, pure water, meat, gyms, and home entertainment, or bunker entertainment. But I assure you folks, this would never happen. This is not a drill. I have an emergency broadcast. 
stating six nuclear warheads are heading towards America. Everyone listening to this must go to the bunkers. Population is being loaded into bunkers. Some may not make it, but the ones that do will be safely locked into a place that will provide them with the shelter from nuclear attack. Let's take a look at one of the bunkers. Bunker 69 to be specific. We see two individuals inside the bunker, Alex and Steve. Well, this is not gonna be fun. No, you're wrong. We're gonna have a blast. I'm sorry. What? All jokes. All jokes. I didn't get to catch your name. The name's Alex. You'll come to find out I'm a pretty unique individual. Yeah, I noticed. Nice to meet you, Alex. My name's Steve. Nice to meet you, Steve. Alex and Steve began to exchange stories and details about each other and who they were before the nuclear attack. The end of their world, the apocalypse, days pass are in trouble. Everything seems fine. The unexpected happens. Nuclear warhead inbound. You're in the affected area. You're receiving this EAS message. Predicted time until a nuclear strike. Three hours. Evacuate this area immediately. Oh no, Steve! Hang on, Alex. The bunker's instructors should tell us what to. Just then, the bunker's instructors and the people that have run the bunker are seen opening the door and fleeing. This message is being broadcast by the Department of Defense of the Republic. The broadcast will quiet at this time for your safety. Continue to carry out the following instructions. We're sorry. You have reached a number that has been disconnected or is no longer in service. Plan B. I'm pretty sure the city's water pump station is overly protected by thick walls and gates. Why are you telling me this? Ever since the COVID-21 pandemic that happened back in 2021, they made the water stations in the city overly protected so no virus can contaminate the water. And I read something about them attempting to make them able to withstand nuclear attacks, so in the case of the situation we are in right now, we could have stuff to drink. Well, see the nerd? Let's hope their attempt looks successful. And so, Alex and Steve ran over to the water supply station and took shelter in the nick of time. And luckily, the nuclear warhead that landed in the bunker didn't have much of an effect on the station. Steve and Alex then went and settled down in the station, occasionally leaving to gather food supplies. The boys carried on their day, doing one task after another. We should do something productive. Let's go get and start re reactivating the water supply system before it's too late. The boys finally made it to the water supply station, but noticed something was different. This looks odd. Did someone change the controls on the water system? Yeah, someone definitely touched the controls. We need to figure out how to fix this before it's too late. Look around for something that could help us fix this. I'm on it. We have no time to lose. Alex? What? This looks really bad. Let me see the screen!
This will most likely be your last chance to say your goodbyes. You're doomed. Tune in next week to see if our prayers will make it through. Nuclear warfare and post-pandemic times? Yikes. Yeah, too much for me. Hopefully our next play will lighten things up. We have a good old detective story called The Dentist. It was a beautiful Tuesday morning in Nashville, Tennessee. Detective Garrett and Miller were out for coffee at their favorite cafe, Cafe Motivo. They work at the NMPD, which is four blocks from the cafe. They've gotten so used to going there while at work, even on their day off, they still go. Hey, Tony, the usual. Sure thing. Me and Todd were on another date last night. What is that, the fourth this week? Shut up, he's different. Something about him. Yeah, yeah. What is he, a vet? Actually... A dentist. Wow, he's a keeper. Hey, gee, did you hear Daniel Rousseau got released? No way. I thought he still had at least a couple years left. Yeah, I'll show you the tweet I got. Here, look. Oh, crap. One sec. Hey, it's Detective Miller. Talk to me. We'll be right there. What's happening? Captain Scott wants us to the office ASAP. I'll explain in the car. Miller told me about the murder. What are we gonna do? We have security camera footage of a sketchy guy leaving the scene. Here, come watch and tell me if anything seems familiar. Yellow shoes! Daniel was wearing yellow shoes. As Miller and Garrett were watching the footage, Miller noticed that the suspect was wearing yellow shoes. The same yellow shoes that Daniel Russo wore when he got caught at the murder scene a couple years ago. They went straight to his house and heard screaming coming from inside. Is someone screaming? I think so. Let's move in. They busted through the door to see him and his family celebrating. What are you doing here? What are we doing here? What are you guys doing? Who screamed? It's a party. We're celebrating. What are you doing? You're not allowed to bust in here without a warrant. We need to talk to you. Can you come outside with us for a minute? He nodded in agreement and stepped outside, closing the door so the family doesn't hear what they're about to be discussing. Where were you Monday night? Around 8 o'clock. I was with my probation officer signing papers. I only have 15 hours left till I'm a free man. Okay, we're going to need to check that. But for now, go enjoy your party. Yeah, I will. Dang it, I thought we had him. I can't believe he was actually telling us the truth. Well, except for the fact he actually has 16 hours left, according to his parole officer. How'd it go? We went to talk to his parole officer. His alibi checks out. He's not our guy. Okay, let's get back to work. Everyone do your research. I want this guy found now! This is gonna be a long night. As Miller and Garrett worked for hours trying to come up with a list of suspects, Garrett looked at the clock and realized he had plans with his wife that night and he's already late. Sorry dude, gotta head out. See you tomorrow. Yeah, okay. Have fun with the missus. I'm gonna go over this again. Don't stay up too late on this case. Get home soon. Garrett walked out the door, and a few moments later, Captain Scott storms into the room with an angry expression on his face. There's been another murder. I have a feeling it's the same guy. There's another security camera footage that is more clear than the last. I would like Detective Miller to look over it first. As Miller looks over the new footage, he realizes that he's seen the murderer's ring before.
Not knowing where, he decides to look over the old video. Oh my god. What? Did you find anything? Um, no, I, I just, I, I need to, I need to get home. But, no, see you tomorrow, Cap. Little did the captain know, he wouldn't be returning. Miller was anxious and scared for when Todd would arrive for their date. He cooked his famous chicken pot pie and set the tables with candles and flowers. Come in. Hmm, it smells amazing in here. Is that chicken pot pie I smell? Sure is. Wine? Yes. It's been a long day pulling teeth. So, uh, where were you yesterday? Um... As they started talking, Todd got more and more suspicious as Miller kept asking questions. Are you accusing me of something? Not exactly. Can I see that ring on your finger? No, I don't have to show you anything. I knew it. I knew it was you. I didn't want to have to do this. Todd reached to the middle of the table and grabbed the knife they cut the pie with and shoved it through his heart. In a flash, he was gone out the door while Miller fled out. The next morning, Garrett went to pick up Miller for work and realized the door wasn't fully shut. Shit. Garrett reached for his gun and opened the door slowly, turned the corner to find his best friend dead on the floor. With tears in his eyes, he called the department to inform them about this tragedy. He waited with his dear friend while they came. As he was holding them, he realized that his bottom left front tooth was missing. He didn't think much of it. They went back to the precinct, and while Garrett was looking over the other murderers' bodies, he realized all of them were missing their bottom left front tooth as well. This isn't a coincidence. Garrett then realized these were all victims of the dentist. Todd. Garrett started to have flashbacks about when Miller was telling him about his new dentist boyfriend. Captain Scott, here, now. Yes? It's Todd, Miller's new boyfriend. Or, I guess Miller had a boyfriend named Todd, who was a dentist. In all three murders, the victims were missing their bottom left front tooth. That's the dentist's signature move. It's got to be him. Come on, let's go, right now! Garrett grabbed his gun and got up to go, but Captain Scott stopped him and sat him back down. I know you're still grieving, but you can't go arrest someone every time you have some kind of conspiracy theory. Go home and get some rest before the funeral. In loving memory of Detective Miller, a great officer and an even better friend, you will be missed. As everyone was going up to pay their respects, Garrett watched closely as Todd went up. Something fell out of his pocket, and but Garrett couldn't be sure with tears in his eyes. Once it was his turn, Garrett picked up the bag with three teeth inside. I knew it. He grabbed the bag of teeth and brought it back to the department as soon as the ceremony was over. They got the results back and saw that the DNA matched the three victims. You are right. Let's go get this bastard. They left the, the department and went straight to Todd's house. They busted through the door and put him in handcuffs. Admit it, Todd. You killed those innocent people. What are you talking about? I never killed anyone! We have all the evidence to prove you guilty. Okay, fine. I admit to killing those people, but I... I never wanted to kill Miller. I truly loved him. They sent Todd to jail because they had his confession on tape, and the judge sentenced him to death. Later that day, Garrett went to the grave to say his final goodbyes to his best friend. We caught him. He's behind bars. He's gonna get what he deserves. You'll always be in my heart. I'll miss you, Em. Gross. I'm never going to be able to look at my dentist the same way again. That's all for today's podcast. Stay safe, stay strong, and love theater.